Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. brief interlude from the show guys before I get back to it if you have any running injuries or running questions training indecisions and you want to book an online or in-person physiotherapy appointment with myself Dane Verway go to www.runculture.org while there you can also find a link to my online strength and conditioning community where you'll join an exclusive members only Facebook group and gain access to over 220 minute running specific mobility pilates or strengthening routines Anyway, enough from me, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Today I'm delighted to introduce uh, Craig Appleby back on the show. Thanks for having me, Dane. Good to be back chatting with you. Um, look forward to seeing what we can chat about, where this, <laughs> where this conversation leads yeah. yeah i've brought you back on the show after a quick treatment um but yeah for those that are regular listeners you'll remember craig from the 50k uh track race the um challenge that we had um where dion yeah ran the australian record um so yeah it's great to have you back and um how's how's life been since and how's running going at the moment yeah life's been well life is busy Life yeah. is busy. Um, I went part-time. Well, actually, I've been part-time probably four years now with work. Um, but in doing that, I've taken on more roles. Um, president of the athletics, the Little Athletics Club in Cockatoo. So that's taken on a whole lot more responsibility. And then we moved house at the start of this year. And so we're back into the renovation game. And uh, all in all, training's been fitted in around that. So... Um, going well, not anywhere near what I'm, I guess my dream would be, but reality is, is where it's at and I'm, I'm happy. So yeah, running at the moment has taking a little break, just been sick um, for the last week, but um, ran a good 5k at Box Hill and getting ready to run the cross country season for Knox this, <laughs> uh, this winter, which I'm looking forward to getting back to the XCR, so Awesome apples. Um, yeah, so for listeners that listened to last week, we had uh, Zach and Newman on, and yeah, I talked about um, the running ecosystem, so how important everything is that you do around training in terms of how well you adapt to training, so whether that's how well you sleep or how well you're managing your, your work and life stress, um, and then, yeah, how, how well you're 
um, nourishing your body with nutrition, uh, with energy and protein. Uh, so we talked about more sort of that ecosystem that goes around training. Today I wanted to talk more about training um, and the sort of the process of running training and, and how that can stress our body and how there's good stress and bad stress and this uh, like and determining what what's too much stress and what's what's um, a good amount of stress is quite a complex sort of uh, experiential sort of process over time and wanted to talk about sort of that process today and I reckon it's awesome to have apples um, on who's been involved in running for so long and you're even doing a bit of coaching now yourself um but yeah just even having your personal experiences of uh i'm sure you could think of times where you've probably overstressed your body um from a training point of view and and got injured or or perhaps not performed as well as you could have um yeah does anything spring to mind uh plenty of yeah uh, plenty of moments in the past definitely but through each one of those, there has been a, a good learning um, outcome from it. Yeah. The, the, probably my entry into marathon running was when I had probably a few, um, a few consistent injuries that would flare up in and around my hamstrings and glutes. And that's where the transition for me from getting niggles whenever I did too much in my lower legs transferred to the, the hip glute region um and yeah i um i noticed I, I race well or when i race well sorry when i race well um and have given um given that race everything the um the recovery afterwards obviously as we know is very key but even though i've given enough what i thought was enough recovery um, my body still needed more and in those first few marathons that I was training for back in 2016, 2017, um, I ran a solid um, Burnley half and then didn't allow enough recovery time after that and therefore got back into training, super motivated after a good race. You know, everything's pointing in the right direction, doing all the one percenters and obviously adding a bit too much stress there. and. Um, and missed out on two marathons because of it. Yes. So yeah, that's just one moment. But this this is yeah. There's a lot of lot of thinking going on at the moment in my mind after you introduce the topic and um, and the key is is all the one percenters are a stress load too, and we just got to work out how much of it is a good stress and how much could be a potential bad stress. So yeah, and in terms of that, like. Um we're talking just off air before in terms of like how do you know what's a good stress what's bad stress and when i sort of thought about it just simply i think a good stress um is one that's goal specific and it's pushing you in a growth sort of direction towards your goal so you're getting one step closer towards your goal rather than further away um and you balance it out um, with with a recovery period, so you're stressing the body just a, a little bit, like so microdosing the stress into the body um, in some some way in some kind of training session. You're working on something, and then you're making sure that you have a recovery period. 
so it's very purposeful. Um, you've deliberately um, chosen to do that stress. Um, and then uh, it, it's very specific to your goal and you feel like you're adapting towards your goal rather than um, uh, feeling like you're getting further away from it um, and getting tired and in a hole and, and performance is deteriorating. Um, uh, yeah. When I say what's good stress, what's bad stress, apples, like how do you sort of um, think of that? I, I think of what point in my training and my progression, where am I? Yeah. Where am I? So what used to be um, good stress could have been 30-minute tempo at the end of a two-hour long run. Whereas now at this point in time, while I'm almost into that position, it's, it'll be a bad stress. Yeah. Um, and the other side of that would be, for me, at this stage of my running career having two sessions within three days would be bad stress yep. because I've overloaded the, um, the stresses and not allowed adequate recovery. So um, that, that's like a broad yeah. view, but specifically for me right now as well, um, high, intensity, um, high intensity track work is something that I have to be very conscious of that I allow plenty of recovery and not just downtime but also recovery away from the track so yep. i might go back to if i've done a session so i did a session before the box hill burn um on the all-weather track and that was great um but i made sure that my next session was on the grass track at cockatoo because it's it's something i've been training on consistently through the summer so going back to something that is um what is it is, is known by my body yeah it's been really good so so those things are more and more becoming uh, relevant for me as opposed to what we would have as we spoke earlier yeah. 15 years ago yeah we could do the track session on the tuesday night knowing that we've got plenty of recovery both physically and mentally before a thursday session yeah again so um, it's a, that, and that's so um spot on it's so contextual like um like you've got to take into account an aging body 15 years older than you were so you adapt at different rates to this training stress so you've got to make sure that you accommodate that and have maybe a longer recovery period or or have less training load in a in a sort of little micro cycle like a, a um, seven day cycle yeah. um, and then yeah factoring in the busyness of your life now um, where you have kids and um, your, um, yeah, you've got your, your teaching, CRT, um, uh, the little F stuff that you do and the coaching and renovating your house and your love of your car. But that's the thing, like life changes, interests change. Um, and so factoring that in. So the context is so important and that kind of, uh, yeah, underpins like, how much you can do and how much you'll cope with and uh but i guess it's also experiential so you've got to try some kind of stress and see how you respond because uh, everyone's ability to tolerate training loads is so different absolutely. you learn from it absolutely yeah. and it comes from what's your upbringing been yeah have you been someone who's active have you been someone who has spent a lot of time 
as a kid mucking around in the backyard barefoot. Yeah. You know, so they, they might be more capable of going into doing, if we're talking stresses in terms of, say, an intensity level, um, they can be doing, once they've progressed, they can acclimatise the track work a lot more than someone else yep. who's coming in at a later stage or someone who hasn't had an active lifestyle where their where their structures have developed through through the time so there's a whole myriad of factors to get to that point but yep. also um my my number one thing that i keep telling myself is is balance all the stress yep even though it's good even though yeah i might be having a great stressful day at work trying to achieve these new tasks or whatever and i'm enjoying it it's still a stress load on me and i need to make sure i don't go and back that up with a hard session followed by a family outing yep you know so um yeah that's spot on like um yeah just um backing back a few steps about um yeah training history um and you know you've had like a uh lots of physical activity as a young kid um you're just setting yourself, your structures, all your soft tissue, all your bones um, are so used to loading. Um, but I so often see a lot of runners that have come back to the sport after 10 years off. Um, yeah. They remember what they used to be able to do, but you've got to appreciate that 10 year layoff. You, your bones, um, it, the whole concept of move it or lose it is so true. And like you lose a lot of um, condition through your muscles, through your bones. and their tolerance to stress changes and um uh yeah such an important important thing to to be aware of um yeah. yeah and you can to some degree build a lot of that back yep but you also have adapted and changed you you've grown into that 10 year old older body so you know you have some advantages there as well um in not so much maybe in terms of physical advantages, except for maybe aerobic conditioning, but the ability to manage stress might be a bit better. Um, Work-life balance. Yeah, like maturity. Well. Maturity, yeah. yeah. So um, so that, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. You get. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, I yeah. think um, you become more wise and um, you've got more experiences to, to pull from. Um, you've seen more things. You've become more worldly. Yeah. Um, and that, that guile you can pull, pull from and, uh, and, and perhaps like, uh, try to make some more smarter decisions. Yeah. yeah. And, and be a little bit more open to trying something different to get the same stress load. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it might not be a case of going back and doing your standard eight by 400. Um, it might be in term for you, it might be not you specifically, but for the person, for me, it might be doing um intervals in a middle of a run over a hilly course yeah like you're just changing that stimulus to get the same stress but not rem not trying to relive the glory days yeah of yeah yeah and, and, and accepting that things have changed a little and um but you're still getting like i could imagine your heart rate would still be getting to the levels that you want yep. um in a session like that and the beauty about that is you're not looking at the clock you're not looking at the distance as as much um, if you're doing it over a course that you sort of is a bit more like a cross country yeah. course, it it means that you're not always comparing, and I think that comparison trap um, is is dangerous because then you just 
um, get stuff in your head and force it, even though your body's not ready for that type of stress. Well, well it's where you add in a layer of mental stress. Yeah. And emotional stress, depending yep. on what you're putting on. And we all know that each one of these stresses, your body feels it. Um, so by adding those extra layers, yeah, it's why probably in the last, I don't know, five, six years, or maybe last two, three years, I've just focused on running and getting out there and doing. Yep. Um, and then the sessions, the sessions will come. Yes. Or the, the hard work and the stresses will come because I'm at the right point. But by not focusing on it and just trialing new courses or running at different locations and times, you know, all those things have helped to build, rebuild that base again before I can apply some more good stress, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um, when stress becomes bad, uh, we sort of touched, you touched on it before, um, so appreciating if you've had quite a stressful day at work and there's been sort of uh, multiple things that have sort of um, uh, even just mentally sort of really tired you out, you've got to... Uh, factor that into the session because uh, into the training um, decisions like so that night if you had like a hard workout planned as well like maybe you're a bit more kind on yourself um, uh, because I think if we're chronically just stressing ourselves from every which way um, that's when we uh, can sort of get into that burnt out really fatigued um, overtired sort of state where um we don't adapt as well as we could from that train, same training session. So you're better off trying to um, uh, uh, be a bit more kind on yourself and know where you are when, when it comes to um, those work-life sort of stresses as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You, you are probably 90% of the time going to get greater gains from pulling back in that point in time than you are going through with that session. It's just that really hard to do. It is. It yeah. is. It's, and it, it does take either the right people in your corner or experience or this, the determination and willpower to, to actually listen to what you're going to say to yourself, you know? Yeah. Or think third person about think, it too. Exactly. What would you tell someone else um, yeah. uh, in that same boat? And it's not taking the easy option. It's not a cop out because so many runners are so diligent and dedicated um, and injured. Yeah, and injured <laughs> all the time. Injured, <laughs> and it's because of little moments like these um, so often. Um, but yeah, I wanted to like so also go like the whole idea of this chat. We've talked about stress and said stre the word stress a lot. Yeah. Um, but stress, I wanted to um, get rid of a bit of a stigma on that word. Like a lot of people, as soon as they hear stress, kind of like think negatively about it. But really, that's ultimately how our body actually adapts to the training. Like you're stressing it a little bit, um, whether that goes down fundamentally to your bone bone load as you hit the ground, like your bones get stressed, um, or your muscles, or your tendons, or your heart. Um, the blood vessels get a bit of pressure and stretch, heat, um, and the receptors on all the cells that make the, those... Um, tissues in your body actually uh, feel that mechanical stress and uh, they transfer that stress into little signals that get the cells in those tissues to adapt and change. So like from a, from a 
yeah, like, I, and I know that's getting a bit geeky and nerdy about it, but I, it, without that stress, without moving the tissue, then you're not going to get the actual building and growth in those tissues. So you need to have some kind of stress. It's just how much is too much, um, how much is too little, um, and how you actually like train it into your body. That's the art, and that's what we're sort of talking about. It's it's where you learn experientially, but then you also have to like um, be honest with yourself and and think third person, and sometimes make some honest honest decisions about uh, how you're feeling that day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and be true to to you and your journey, not looking at what others are doing and thinking, "Oh, I like that. That's gonna get me." x y and z or that's a really hard session i should do that yeah um, and that's obviously a trap you fall into but yeah the 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 stress you need we know that otherwise we don't develop and grow yeah um and that's where tailoring it so that you are getting the adequate amount is is key but what are some uh what are some tips and tricks dane oh um <laughs> like i uh, before we go into that, I wanted to like just quickly do two other examples that really resonate with me. Um, a few months ago, like I heard this um, recording of an Arthur Lydiard uh, speech from the 1960s, um, and it was him talking to this college in the US. Uh, and Arthur Lydiard was this famous New Zealand coach that um, pretty much turned. Uh, two or three of his of the local runners around his area into Olympic champions in distance running. Um, and so he obviously got something right. And he was really big on um, fundamentally just slowly getting people to run a little bit more over time um, and do a little bit more volume, a little bit more volume, a little bit more volume. And he worked with a local um, a sports scientist um, and they were sort of investigating why his methods worked at the time. And they looked at cadavers, um, so uh, uh, dead bodies um, that had been donated to science. And they looked at sedentary people and past athletes, and they looked at their muscles. And the muscles of the athletes were just, uh, just had a huge density of blood vessels penetrating the muscles. The sedentary people didn't have many blood vessels. And it just shows that your plumbing, like your, your vas vascularization of all your running muscles will just change over time according to just gradually um, gradually stressing the system like um, in a consistent manner, in a patient manner over time. Um, so I just feel like that shows how the vascular system changes. Like his methods was all about gradually um, just sticking to the, um, doing the gentle mileage over time and then the body adapted and changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other one was more from what I've learned just, uh, through my studies on bones, um, and how the, the bone, bone skeletal system in your body is very much living. Um, it's so, um, receptive to loading and deloading and the body sometimes goes if you're not loading it you lose bone density and the bone strength actually goes down um, so every day there's receptors um, in some of the cells in the bones that actually feel the mechanical stress um, that's going through the system and so if it's not getting mechanical stress 
it goes, oh, I don't need as much um, bone here. It's a wasted energy. Um, so it adapts and, and makes the bones uh, weaker. And the opposite happens. We've training loads and gradually doing more running. The body's like, oh, I've got to um, gradually lay down more bone where I'm getting more stress. Um, so it's just incredible how living the body is and how responsive it is to stress. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You had me, while you were talking about that, I was yeah. thinking about parkour athletes. Oh, yeah. If they are athletes, they, they, they definitely are. And how their bodies have adapted to the stresses when you think they're jumping off two-story buildings or yeah. other things, you know, and yet they're not, you don't see them smashing shin bones, breaking femurs. Yep. Um, and I know there's an art to it, but that stress load has allowed them. So, yeah. Uh, runners don't go out and do parkour <laughs> unless it's straight line, <laughs> straight line running. Um, and you said like, what's the trick? Um, well, I, don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's what are your tips and tricks? My tips and tricks of like um, thirty years of being in it. Yeah, I, th I think because so I'd like like so much wrong. Like um, uh, yeah, growing up, and when I reflect on like a lot of my races, I reckon I underperformed and was half cooked for the time I started on the start, standard stood on the start line um, from a performance side of things. Like I think. I was one of those runners that drew a lot of confidence by ticking every box. Yeah. And, and, and I felt like mentally it, it prepared me for the race, but um, from a confidence point of view, but I, was, um, I wasn't fresh on the start line. Um, so like what made me really learn that was um, I had a few races after just getting a, a light form of asthma um, the week before. I recovered from the asthma, but it made me not run as much as as what i would normally in the week leading in and had some had had two two road 10k pbs in those races um, yeah. um and which, when you think yeah asthma and running yeah they're not yeah. friends yeah so <laughs> yeah so having it, an illness yeah it's inducing that asthma and then going and running pbs yeah it, you know obviously like i recovered like well enough to run but it's just a when I look look back, it, it was like it made me slow down and actually take and it didn't feel so tired to yeah. like always stressing my body um, and giving it a bit of recovery, and so then like I actually got fitter and more fresh um, uh, because I allowed my body to have that that uh, rest that needs to actually fully fully adapt. Um, yeah, uh, so often we're so tied to stress yeah. um, and needing to do it all the time that we we uh, we overdo it, and and I think it becomes a bit too chronic, and we're we're always in a hole without knowing it. Um, and you might have a few like small PBs, but maybe they could be bigger PBs um, along the lines. You've we sort of get better at um, identifying identify the stresses. Yeah, and that's where listening to other people and detaching from that um yeah that need to like always get out and, and feel like you're testing yourself um yeah. is so important i don't know do you have any tips or tricks um like from your like with you like reflect um yeah so earlier days yeah was balancing and making sure that um, so physically and mentally, I could achieve three sessions a week and a long run and, you know, 100, 120 Ks. And, but that, that was after 15 years of being 
a runner, um, and that was that was fine. I didn't have kids. Work was work was work. It was casual, you know, work, um, and so it didn't. I didn't have those levels of stresses that took a toll, um, and I could recover quickly. Yep. And I probably slept more too. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though, and I'm sure a lot of us have tried, you know, going out, um, having a night out or something. Now it's like far out. I need three days to recover. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, whereas now in, in my late thirties, it's the other stresses in life. I need to appreciate that they are, while they're mental and slightly physical, um, they're, they're part of my training. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to go, you know what? That was a big three days and it cost me some sleep. So therefore don't put the training session Tuesday night, do it Wednesday morning after you've had a cruisy night, cruisy morning, you know? So, so I've modified that approach. Um, and, and this is working with uh, my coach Dave and, and yeah. And so that's, that's the changes I've made. So it's allowing more time because at the end of the day, we're, we're doing it in an aerobic sport. So if you're doing a 10K medium run or easy run, like that's helping you still, as opposed to having to knock out two or three sessions a week just because it's in the program. So yeah. every little bit does help, but sometimes uh, pushing to get that session done because it's in the program on that day, getting it done on that day is actually going to be more detrimental. So yeah. that's my change and, and having a bit more flexibility definitely you need yeah. that yeah and if you can work it in your but also be adaptive to your lifestyle and to the people around you who you might be training with yeah and if, if if your running routine is constant and everything else around is kind of balanced give or take then that's fine like you, yeah. you can adapt as long as you're doing your sleep and your nutrition those ecosystems from last week yeah um, if you're someone like me where it chops and changes, you've got to be more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the, the other one is, is uh, it's okay to back it off. Yeah. Like yeah. at the end of the day, as I said, with aerobic runners, you, you might not need to push hard on that first half of the run, maybe, or that whole run. Yeah. Or you don't need to push at all, you know, just get out. Um, and that's stress enough. Yeah, like l looking at the watch less, um, like, th like that makes me remember like when I first really um, started to understand um, like how tiring um, like some long runs can be. Like I remember I was um, coached by uh, Gregor who, who was coaching Liam Adams at the time and it was when I was going through uni and I absolutely nailed my long run <laughs> that um, weekend and I really pushed myself. I don't know why, I think I was just getting carried away um, yep. and the thrill of it. And then that Thursday after the Sunday long run, I had a horrible session and Greg was like, what's wrong? And and I just knew it was from, from that and I was just honest with him and he's like, you can't keep doing that. Like you've got to do the bigger picture, the whole picture of like yeah. how every session interacts and you know, when you do a stressful session, like, yeah, stress yourself, but but sometimes train a bit more in fourth gear and under under like un, like look ahead and go, am I gonna be able to um, be okay for, for the run in, in two or three days time? Um, so you're viewing the whole picture, the bigger picture, not just the, the, the day that you're on. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that, um, you 
talking about yeah. that reminded me of what the inside running boys were talking about with their A session, B session, C sessions. And, yeah. And um and that's definitely a something that I've been doing over the last six months is is not really doing any A sessions. Yep. Like I think I did one A session, so one quality track session and the race. Everything else has been like a B and a C. Yeah. Just to tick over that aerobic yeah. system, and that, yeah. that's showing that that's all I need at the moment. Yeah, because you had a, an amazing. Like for those that don't know, like you ran fourteen forty seven, or like you you like, and that was off one year of not racing, um, and really low mileage compared to what you normally do. It was not like you had no indications really in your training, or not many, a few threshold yeah, sessions, um, but you trusted that you were just um, microdosing a little bit of that stress in, not too much, but just a little bit over time, just consistently, yeah. and it, it, you trusted yourself. Um, and that was yeah. a real eye-opener to, to go, you know what, like, yeah. I don't have to do much more yeah. Yeah. to get that little bit more response. Yep. You know, I, I don't have to go straight into doing 8K sessions on a Tuesday, 30, 30 40-minute tempos on a Friday and then a two hour long run. Like I don't need that just yet. Yeah. So I can, I can get even better than where I'm at now by maybe just increasing just the long run stress, you know? Um, and so that was confidence for me. Um, you know, sickness and life stress has gotten away, but, <laughs> but it, um, I'm not injured. So yeah. that's always a positive, you know, I'm, I'm getting back to health, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm excited now in this, what, 13th edition of coming back from <laughs> whatever um, to see what I can achieve by not trying to push too much yeah um, or, or I will I think we can just get so fixated on what's worked in the past and yeah. think that that's the only way yeah yeah, yeah. and and, I'm, and trust that you've got the guile you've got the experience you've got years of old man strength now like of running yeah. strength yeah. and at the end of the day it's, it's it, as we've I've been saying like it's yeah. running you've got to you've got to be out there running if you want to improve yeah yeah yes all these other specific training stresses will help expediate or fine-tune things but at the end of the day you've got to be out there more often than not and yeah you will, you will see the benefits yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly like avoiding six month stints on the sidelines injured because yeah. you're you're overreached um yeah but yeah that, that, that brings to mind one other thing i wanted to mention and then we'll wrap it up. Um, but it was just about um, this short recovery scale and short stress scale um, questionnaire that I sometimes give athletes here and there. But it, you don't actually need to use it. It's common sense. It You just need to know the basic premises of it. And it pretty much like you ask yourself um, each day or every couple of days, like, how am I going physically? mentally and emotionally and then overall from a recovery point of view and a stress point of view so for example um like from a physical point of view are you feeling energetic strong powerful um or do you feel tired fatigued in pain sore exhausted stiff and weak <laughs> and so you rate yourself on that continuum um, from a mental standpoint um are you feeling focused alert attentive um, or are you feeling um, unmotivated, sluggish, and lacking enthusiasm? Um, yeah, and then from an emotional standpoint, are you happy, pleased to be running, 
uh, your mood's good and you're stable, uh, or are you angry, down, worried, um, and, and lacking energy? And then from an overall standpoint, um, do you feel relaxed, rested, and recovered? And uh, like, uh, yeah, like you're excited about your, your, your running and your, uh, you, you could almost say that you're flourishing. Like um, that's a good place to be. Um, or from an overall stress point of view, are you tired, worn out, overloaded, overwhelmed, um, and, and, and burnt out? And, and then if you go through that, um, from that side of things and just talk, talk it through, through your head, you're more likely to make smarter decisions and go and adapt your training accordingly and not be so fixated and, and, and such a slave to what it says um, on your program. You're more likely to adjust it and modify it with your coach or, or even just um, personally if you're making your own training. Um, yeah, I mean, they're basic concepts, uh, but so often we just ignore it and try to force our way through and think that um, the more stress, the better, the harder I work, the better. Um, but it's a bit more um, nuanced than that. And uh, the idea of, um, uh, I love the word vitality, uh, where um, like I asked you off air, Apples, what, what does vitality, what words come to mind with vitality to you and what words came to mind? Uh, zest. Zestful life, I guess, or yeah. zestful living, uh, yeah. or a zest for life. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, zest. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I, that's what comes to mind. Energetic to me, yeah. um, lively, uh, flourishing. Like, so, like, I feel, I feel like, um, that's the direct. If you're managing your stress well, then you should be sort of heading in that direction. If you're not heading in that direction, then you've got to like take a step back, reflect, and go, oh you know, is this training actually adapting me in the right way? Yeah, you're going to have like times where you're feeling tired and exhausted and, um, and that's what training does to you, but it shouldn't be chronic. It should, you shouldn't be in that state for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. If you're in that state and you're always grumpy and uh, uh, short uh, to your partner and just unmotivated, something's not right and you've got to reflect on your running ecosystem and and whether you're tapering the, the stress of your training to where where you're actually at because um, something's not uh, adding up and it's, and training the training stress I would say is bad stress and it's not good stress it's um it's not purposeful and heading you towards your goal you're not adapting in in the right direction yeah 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 and I was thinking like what do you do if you don't know yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I don't know whether that's exactly, is this how I'm meant to feel? Is this what, yes. my, my advice is take three days, do like 20 minute, half hour run max. That's it. Like yeah. if you want to run every day, just take three days where you just cut out all the other worries. Don't even take the watch and just get out for 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and allow yourself some time to try and hopefully recover. Well, you might not know it. You might think you're recovered. But if you really want to know where you're at, have a have a restful week from running. Or it's from a really one of your good major point. Stresses. Yeah. yeah, because like when you're in the depths of marathon training, you are tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes if you mar- you're training from marathon after marathon after marathon, and this is a state that I reckon I got into last year, I was just um, normalizing that fatigue, like yeah. it, and to an extent, you kind of have to for a short period. 
to get through the really hard part of training. But um, once I took a, a step back and trained uh, um, with a lot lower volume over the last six months, um, uh, I've really noticed how much happier um, my Achilles is, but also how much more energy I've got um, each recovery run and easy run. Like I've just bouncing like now, whereas I used to be shuffling along really tired every run. Uh, and yeah, my cadence kind of shows that and my pace shows that, but I can just feel it. Yeah. I can just feel it. Yeah. And I, I'm the same. Like yeah. if my easy days are sluggish, then I know like, wow, I've got to either take an extra couple of days or back off the intensity of that session that's coming up because yeah, I'm not recovered. Yeah. I'm recovered well. So, um, yeah, so you see, it's like not a, a, an exact science. It's, it's very sort of, um, yeah, sort of uh, by feel and a bit more yeah. art, art to it and experience and experiencing overreaching and underreaching and then learning from it and reflecting and um, just trying to get the amount of stress right. Um, yeah. uh, and it, it, you have to fail a few times to get the, it right and then, yeah, you just learn it over time. Yeah. I would suggest if you're someone who's in a training block for a specific race coming up, then you would really want to be cautious on those any changes that you do make to the stress um, and, and make them in very small and, I guess, longer frequency um, moments. Whereas if yeah. you're in your off-season, yeah, that's the time to experiment a bit. Yeah. Not saying go fall out on the stress of uh, <laughs> certain types of training, but it might be where you experiment with a few styles of training that you want to do or that you and your coach are working with. Um, and that's that point in time, yeah. Where are you with your running or your training? And is there a place where the stress needs to be managed a lot more tightly? Or is it something where you can play a bit? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, as you said, in a marathon block, when you're right in it and you've got a race in six weeks, you, you need to own that stress, but yep. you also need to think and reflect harder on whether it's uh, whether it's the right amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it conducive, or are you um, digging yeah. a hole and and you're not going to be peaking on race day? Where you would, yeah. In in those instances, you'd want to be asking for uh, some advice. Yes. From a mentor or a friend. Yep. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're in your off season, you've got a bit more freedom to to trial. I reckon. Spot on. That's a great chat, Apples. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much for your time. Um, you've um, yeah, devoted a lot to it. Um, so yeah, uh, and it's always a pleasure catching up. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed talking, and hopefully something made sense. So. Oh no, I, th I think <laughs> it's a it's a pretty complicated um topic. Uh, and and I think um, yeah, I think there was a lot of pearls of wisdom just because like experientially like you've you've found those patterns that have worked for you and and every, everyone um can apply this the overarching message to themselves um it's always going to be different like yeah. for everyone um but the the basic sort of premises and themes of of that problem solving that you have to do yeah. with and, this yeah and that's the, that's the key too yeah. is is if you're unsure or if you're interested ask yeah. listen to people listen to their stories um, listen to the experts, get as much information as you can that's beneficial um, and then use it where it's needed. You know, don't overload yourself with information and 
and just be stressing on, oh, I've got to do this, this, and this. Yeah, because that's more, more psychological stress. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> absorb it and go, you know what? They're kind of all on the same line of less is more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so hear what those who have been in and around have to say. And hopefully it helps. Beautiful, mate. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> awesome.